You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. And before we get started with the show, I want to take this time to thank all of my listeners, my guests, and my social media followers for all of their support. Without you taking the time to like posts, to listen to the show, and to and for your time to be on the show, the podcast wouldn't be where it is today. And as we approach 900 listeners on the podcast, which is absolutely crazy because I had not even anticipated for two people to want to listen to this podcast, let alone 900, but here we are. Um, and it's, I'm so excited to get all of your support to continue bringing you interviews with some incredible women in communication. So stay tuned for more. Um, and speaking of social media and milestones, our Instagram account is slowly approaching 500 followers. And so if you're not following us on social media, follow us at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. And if we reach the 500 follower milestone on Instagram, I'll be doing a giveaway. So be sure to tell all your friends to follow our page so that we'll be able to hit the milestone and you both can take part in the, the giveaway on our page. But speaking of announcements as well, I have two big announcements to make on the show today. And one of them is some is an announcement that I made about a week ago on our Instagram. But if you missed the post, um, I am going to be a speaker at this year's PR Decoded Conference from PR Week. And through that, I'll be taking part in a panel called Skip a Grade, Discover What Drives PR's Next Generation, How Lockdown Hit Them. So I'm super excited to chat again with PR Week and Campaign U.S. reporter Sabrina Sanchez and also fellow panelist Justina Nixon-Santile, who is the VP and Global Head of Communications and Corporate Social Responsibility at IBM. I think there's a lot to be said on the subject, especially being part of Gen Z and going through that job process and being a you know a virtual student these past two years. Um, I think it's going to be a really relevant conversation to what's going on right now because there's it's just a crazy world out there for uh, Gen Z looking for jobs, especially in communications. Our industry is constantly changing because of all of these, you know, new digital elements being added, you know, circumstances around the country. So I think it's going to be a really great chat. And this panel is going to be part of the conference, which is taking place virtually from October 12th through 14th, 2021. The panel that I'll be taking part in will be on Tuesday, October 12th at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to tune in for that. And to be able to tune into the panel, you do need a ticket. So for more information and to get a ticket, check out prdecoded.com. And if you don't feel like typing all that in, you can head to the link in our Instagram bio and click on a PR Decoded Tickets. And there you can find descriptions of the speakers, about the agenda for the whole conference, and where you can buy a ticket. So be sure to check that out. But for my second exciting announcement, and speaking of employment, I am officially employed as of you know the beginning of this week, which is I'm so excited to be employed finally after this process of going on interviews and you know trying to match with agencies and you know different companies. Um, it's just been such a, a a crazy process, especially you know now that there's more considerations than ever for our generation looking for jobs. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to connect with a really great company and accept an account coordinator position with a PR agency that is uh, based out of Orlando, Florida. Um, and I will not be speaking about work specifically on the podcast, but I because I do want to separate work and the podcast. But I do want to comment on, you know, agency life in general, and also how to balance that transition from uh, recent graduate to now employed recent graduate. So I'll be talking about that more on the show in the coming weeks. So I'm excited to start next week and start my journey in PR. So speaking of the calm one of the week as well, um, I actually have two for this as well because two things this week struck my fancy on my timeline. Oh, and the first of which being 
the return of ABBA. And so I'm a really big Mamma Mia fan. So seeing ABBA back together and releasing new songs is really cool and really, you know, fun. Um, and so they have taken to TikTok to make, create an account and interact with their younger fan base, which is now Gen Z and millennials because of their um, popularity on TikTok with all their songs becoming some of the top sounds used on TikTok. They've been able to turn that into, you know, organic ways for them to get the word out about their new songs and tour, which they're actually going to be touring around as holograms, which is super cool. And I think that's a glimpse into the future that we're getting. But um, that's just a really cool example of an older, you know, brand branching out into the Gen Z market through TikTok and being able to connect with people in that, um, you know, organic way that TikTok fosters where you're able to do up videos and comment and like, share and all that. So I think that's really cool of ABBA to be taking that approach. And their team was smart to get them kind of back into that ring of that. Um, but also for the second com one of the week, I also want to talk about Tiffany's latest advertising campaign, Not Your Mother's Tiffany. And so um, a quick story about that, too, is in my sophomore year of college, through our communications curriculum, we were um, required to take a course called Introduction to Strategic Advertising. And early on in that class, I learned that advertising was not the route for me. I was more of a writing, PR, journalism side rather than the creative brief, marketing brief side. That just wasn't how my brain worked. But um, we were able to get into groups at the beginning of the class and we're each assigned a brand. So our, our group was assigned the brand Tiffany & Co. And so we did a lot of research into their you know customer base and starting to go into it, we thought that it was going to be mostly, you know, older women who kind of had that traditional aspect with Tiffany, old money, um, you know, sort of feelings. But as we look more into the demographics of their buyers and more research into that, we realized that millennial women were taking up most of the their, um, you know, shopper base, you know, for the past few years. And a lot of these millennials who moved to big cities who were getting these promotions, they had the money to be making these big purchases and they were looking for that connection with a brand that had, you know, a um, traditional aspect and kind of a splurge that they can make, you know, through that. So a lot of our campaign that we made for our class project had to do with the millennial woman being at the forefront of the advertising campaign and how that kind of uh, went away from their traditional advertising. And that's something that the brand has been doing in recent months. They've been having ads that, you know, feature traditional Tiffany themes, but they also feature younger millennial stars who are in movies and TV shows and ba and are backgrounded by this uh, younger music that's kind of up and coming right now. So their new campaign, Not Your Mother's Tiffany, puts that brand perspective at the forefront. And it's really cool to see them tapping into that millennial market, just as ABBA is doing with the Gen Z market on TikTok and how these traditional brands are now leaning into these new generations because they need to make sure that their PR marketing advertising is staying relevant so that their brand can continue on for generations to come because something we've learned about this pandemic and I've said a lot is that this past year has all been about adaptability and these brands now need to be able to adapt to these new practices that upcoming generations are going to bring forward so I think that Not Your Mother's Tiffany is a really great campaign it's it's garnered a bit of um, resistance from people who think that Tiffany should stay in their traditional lane of you know going with that um, traditional blue and you know using old Hollywood old New York you know um, themes in their advertising but I think that the, it's a step in the right direction for them so hats off to the Tiffany team and the ABBA team for those two great calm ones um, but as for today's episode I was able to connect with a really great guest and uh, she is someone that I've watched on YouTube actually for a while and I didn't realize it until after I connected with her for this episode but back in the day I used to be a big fan of the band R5 and they've the band has since broken up but 
Um, I used to watch a lot of her interviews with them at their shows and everything. And that was years ago. So it's really cool to see her still doing this YouTube channel and being so successful with her guests and everything. Some really great interviews now into 2021. Um, and we had a really great chat about, you know, interviews, um, the entertainment industry, you know, getting connected with publicists, setting up interviews, how that kind of works, that dynamic, and how that can really, you know, help you get connected to other people in the industry. So be sure to stay tuned for a really great chat. But before we get into the interview, something I do want to mention is that um, I don't know if you all knew this, but if you go to the link in our Instagram bio and click leave us a voicemail, you'll be able to leave us a voicemail that can be played on the show. So this can be, you know, you asking a question to me or my guests. It can be a suggestion of a topic that you really want covered on the podcast, or it can just be a general comment that you have about an episode that aired in the past. So be sure to click the link in our bio and click leave us a voicemail and leave us a voicemail, and they will be sure to be put on the show, and I'll answer any questions, talk on any topics, and you know answer any questions you may have. So thank you so much for all your support, and stay tuned for the interview. My next guest is a senior PR student at Hofstra University that has not only had some impressive internship experiences, but also runs a successful YouTube channel by the name of Celebrity Hotspot, where she has had the opportunity to interview countless talent on the red carpet and even Zoom. Please welcome Jenna Clark to the podcast. Welcome, Jenna. So glad to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So why don't we start out with how you got interested in communications? Sure. So from a young age, I always loved media, watching TV, listening to my favorite artists. And I knew one day I wanted to be a part of that, but I didn't really know how. So I guess I started Celebrity Hotspot as kind of like, I guess, a hope to get in the door some way. And that's how I got my start doing that. That's awesome. Um, and so speaking of Celebrity Hotspot, so what was it like when you first started out and what has it been like growing it to what it is today? Sure. So when I started Celebrity Hotspot, I was about 12 years old in middle school. I was super young at that age. It was such a different time back then. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was trying to acquire interviews via Twitter DM. And <laughs> that's it worked for a little while. Of course, Twitter was a different place back then. But I remember my first interview was at an aquarium in New Jersey. And that was definitely something I'll never forget. And I feel like Celebrity Hotspot is something that I've definitely learned a lot from since then. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, you've interviewed so many great celebrities. I was just watching your Drew Starkey interview the other day because he's one of my favorite people on Outer Banks, which is such a great show. Um, and when you're interviewing these celebrities, um, you know, you you always seem so professional with them and everything, even from when you started from the beginning. So do you have any tips for listeners who want to get into interviewing and maybe have their own YouTube show like that? Yeah, so of course, like I mentioned, I started when I was super young and that was kind of a line I had to teach myself. I I guess I learned along the way. And basically what I figured is preparing for the interview is like the biggest thing. When I was younger, I used to have index cards I would write my questions on. But of course, as I got older, I stopped doing that and started like looking at different interviews they've done or looking at their IMDb pages to see what kind of products that they're working on and maybe some social media as well to try to make my questions as well-rounded as possible. Yeah, that's super cool. And, um, you know, it's really uh, fun to see the variety that you have on your page. And like, you know, I love the High School Musical, the musical, the series cast. So that was really cool that you got to interview them. So what was it like when you had to go from, you know, interviewing these celebrities in person to then on Zoom? Was that a big transition for you? I would say definitely yes, but I think I enjoy Zoom better. I mean, there's pros and cons to doing both of them. Being and living in New York City, there's a lot of advantages getting to go to carpets and different events and things like that. But then on Zoom, you're just able to schedule 
interviews with basically anyone and any any time and I feel like that opened up the horizons to who I was able to talk to because my availability was more open and so was theirs so I feel like it definitely helped in that regard there was talent that I thought may have been working on too many projects that wouldn't have time to do interviews that had the time so it was definitely a great experience but I also loved in person because there's nothing like being at an event and getting that experience as well and getting to see the talent in person and talk to them because you have a lot of human connection when you're actually speaking to somebody versus over Zoom sometime when it can lag and things like that, or you can't hear them. So there's definitely pros and cons to both. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Zoom was definitely like a, a, a blessing and a curse to us because <laughs> we've had to be virtual, but also it opened up so many more doors for everyone, I think, in every industry. Um, and is there an interview that you haven't done that is like one of your dream interviews, someone you've always wanted to have on your show? I, I would say Demi Lovato. I've always looked up to them and I've always listened to their music and went to their concerts. So definitely having them on my show would be such a huge honor. Yeah, that yeah, they're really cool. And um, you know, it's it's really cool to see how all these celebrities have really involved in their interviews as well. I mean, I remember back when I was younger, I was a big fan of the band R5 and now like they're the driver era and everything, doing less interviews and all that. And it's just so funny how they've evolved and I was looking back on your YouTube channel and you had a few videos with them as well. And it's funny because I remember watching those like in like middle school, beginning of high school. And I was like, wow, like that's funny that like we're connecting now. And that's the same person who made those videos. <laughs> I, I, I loved interviewing them growing up. I was a fan of them as well. So just like that, like I never thought I would have that experience than getting to talk to them. It was just like a full circle moment for me. Definitely. So why don't we talk about some of your internships? So what are your tips for uh, fellow college students who are looking to get an internship in the entertainment industry? And I would say as for applying, I probably applied to so many internships. I lost count at this point, but I would just say try to do something that makes you stand out. Like I feel like for me, my YouTube channel kind of helped differentiate me, but it doesn't have to be that. Maybe if you have a special talent or hobby or maybe doing informational interviews. I know over the pandemic, I use this time to my advantage to arrange a lot of those. So maybe saying that you talk to somebody on the team or just asking a lot of questions could be helpful in that. But I would just say to be yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think that more than ever, a lot of companies are looking for students to really show their personality on their applications because of that loss of connection of not being able to go in for your interview into the office, maybe, or you know, maybe over Zoom, trying to get a sense of who you are. So definitely that's a great tip you just gave. So now I want to talk about like the inter internet, what am I talking about? The entertainment industry in general. Um, and so, you know, it's definitely changed so much in the past few years because of all the new changes because of COVID and everything. And just as you've seen with your own show, you know, putting your interviews on Zoom, what do you think of like the current state of the industry with all these different productions being kind of held back by COVID and also like whenever there's press events, there has to be like that kind of barrier between, you know, the, the work that everyone's doing because of COVID. What do, do you think that, um, you know, you like some of these virtual experiences or would you rather go back to fully like in person in the future? I think that I'm happy with whatever's needed to be done to stay safe, whether that be virtual, hybrid, in person, if it can be done safely. I feel like there's always risk, but I feel like we have to try to move forward. But if it's really difficult, then to do whatever is the safest option. And I personally like the remote events better. But like I said before, there's something special about being in person. But I feel like if we we try to get through this tough spot now we can go back to in-person hopefully in the future yeah definitely and I think that you know a lot of these shows have had to do really like kind of big marketing and PR efforts to make sure their show is known because I remember seeing speaking of Outer Banks like they had like the that uh, campaign on the beach where they kind of like carved in like Outer Banks in the sand on different beaches throughout the east coast and like 
Um, I remember HBO Max with that whole thing in New York City with like the pin drop thing with all the different shows like things. So, you know, what do you think about these shows having to change their like publicity strategy because of everything? I think that it's really cool that we're becoming even more creative due to everything going on. And I'm personally a fan of out of the box campaigns. So I think things like that are amazing. And I can't wait to see what these companies do next. Definitely. And another thing too, is that I remember seeing last year at the US Open, they unveiled this new system for journalists around the world to call in and be able to ask questions to the, the athletes. And so do you, would you mind that at like a press conference for something in entertainment of like journalists calling in, and calling in or would you rather as like a PR professional in the future want to have that like in person with the um, you know, journalists like yelling the questions and everything on a red carpet. What, what do you think about that experience? I think that either could probably be efficient depending on what journalists you're talking to or what kind of event or I guess talent you were dealing with. I feel like some journalists have their preferences as to the method that they want to talk to the talent or get their story. So I feel like it would be something that would have to be, I guess, determined on what kind of outlets that would be attending and that kind of thing. Definitely. So are there any shows right now that you're watching that are like some of your favorites right now? I love, love Victor on Hulu. I'm catching up on season two right now. And also Never Have I Ever. They're some of my favorites. I'm a huge fan of like teen adolescent dramas kind of shows. So I'm enjoying those. Yeah, there's always so many good ones out. And and on my list right now to watch, it's not a TV show, but I haven't watched the Addison Ray movie yet, but I'm waiting to see what that's yeah. like. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. I should carve some time to watch that. I've seen all the TikToks people like, you know, acting out her acting and everything. So I'm just curious to see it myself. I haven't seen the the first, like, Inspiration Shoes, all that movie. So I'll have to watch that first before the other one. But <laughs> my parents have been like, watch the first one with me. And then we can watch the second one because that was from their time. So I'll have to sit and watch both. That's so funny. And so um, you mentioned that, you know, when you first started out, you reached out to celebrities via or their or their um, representatives via Twitter DM. So you know, can you talk about like securing those interviews and what, how someone should like form an email or even like a, a DM to someone who can set up an interview with talent? Sure. So like I said, back then, I wasn't really sure what I was doing on Twitter. I just, I guess <laughs> I took my best stab and was like, hi, I have a YouTube channel and I was wondering if you'd be interested in doing an interview with me. And at the time, I also had a like corresponding blog to Celebrity Hotspot as well, a WordPress blog where I worked with my sister on this endeavor where she would do most of the WordPress kind of thing. And I would do most of the on-camera for YouTube. So for Twitter, we'd often do like written Q&A. So we'd send the questions and then they would write back a few answers and we just copy and paste that onto a blog post and share it that way. But then I would say as I grew older, I realized that having a more like, I guess, formulated email is really important and making sure you're saying what your ask is and not having it be too long. If you're a journalist and you have specific examples of interviews you've done in the past, maybe someone related to them or something like that, just really, I guess, make clear the point you want to talk about in your interview just to try to give them as much detail as possible. And know that sometimes if they have to pass up the opportunity at the time that it's not something personal, they might just be really busy or it's not the right fit for the right time, but never give up and always try to be as open-minded as you can. Yeah, that, that's a great tip. And also something too that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, what is that relationship like when you're doing an interview with a celebrity with their publicist? Are they sitting in on the interview or is it more of like they kind of give you the freedom to interview them? So it really depends on who you're talking to, where you're at. If you're in an event or a red carpet or maybe in a Zoom room even, it depends on, I guess, maybe the, the preference of the talent or whether the publicist feels more comfortable sitting in and that kind of relationship. 
or if I have a relationship with the PR person, I won't mind if they sit in. Sometimes it's even more fun that way. It just depends on the dynamic and I guess what their preference is. But in person, usually the publicist or PR person would be sitting in the room or maybe outside the door just to make sure everything was going okay. Yeah, that that's such a cool concept that I like, that's the reason why I wanted to get into entertainment PR because I just think it's so cool that like, like you mentioned too at the beginning as well as, you know, there's so many different ways that people can get involved in different industries in PR. And it's so cool that while we may not be actors or singers or anything, <laughs> we could be in the industry that way, which is super cool. I think it's really interesting because originally when I first started Celebrity Hotspot, I wanted to do, I guess I wanted to be an on-camera broadcast journalist and do something in that realm. And I guess as I grew older, I realized I wanted to do PR, which is more behind the scenes. And I realized how much I appreciated doing that more and seeing that seeing it come to life that way. I'm a PR student, so being able to transition, I guess have like both of the experiences as a journalist and a PR person has helped me because I kind of have the mindset of both now and be able to see what we can do to help each other out within our profession. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I majored in both PR and journalism and a lot of people went the advertising route. I was like, it's good to know like both sides and I like writing as well. So that fit in perfectly, but I definitely agree with that. Being able to see what a journalist is looking for when you're a PR person is really valuable. I think so too. I feel like even now just getting to, I guess I don't really do as many interviews anymore due to school and just growing older, but I feel like it was definitely something that I've learned was definitely like how to connect with different PR people. Because then from doing Celebrity Hotspot, I was able to land some internships from knowing PR, knowing publicists and saying, hey, I'm a PR major now and doing that kind of thing. So networking is definitely key as well. Yeah. And speaking of networking, how do you how would you go about staying in touch with a PR professional for an internship or, or a job in the future, maybe even? So I started this spreadsheet over the pandemic. I have like a networking spreadsheet, just basically with all the people that I've like met with and spoken to just to make sure that like, I feel like a networking thing, you just don't want to talk to somebody one and have it be done and then reach out for a job. You really want to make sure that it's like a genuine connection. You want to actually talk to them, hope they're doing well. You just don't want to use them for a job or anything and I think and like I guess when I do these things I'm not really looking for a job I'm not at that stage yet so I'm just really curious about what they were doing so maybe asking a question about a project they're working on or sometimes I send some articles from like deadline or variety if I think they'd be interested in it just really like making sure that they know that you're thinking about them and having it be genuine yeah definitely and I think that it's so important to make that connection I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people when they hear about you know LinkedIn networking get maybe younger students and they want to say like hi do you have an internship for me like I'd really like to work at your company and I think it's really important to note that connection factor when trying to uh, network with people yes I, I've never I don't think I've ever went into someone's LinkedIn DMs and asked for a job directly I think it involved <laughs> a bit more than that yeah I feel I feel like that'd be super awkward like hey can I have a job <laughs> Um, and so kind of to talk more about the entertainment industry. So, um, you know, it's been so crazy to see how the industry's changed. I mean, I was just seeing how the Tony Awards aren't going to be directly on CBS this year. They're going to be on Paramount Plus streaming. And, you know, and I was just saying that I haven't seen like the Teen Choice Awards happen in a few years because of COVID. So um, do you think that we're moving a away from those award shows kind of being popular? Or do you think that they're here to stay? I think that they'll be here to stay, but like you said, the format might be different. I feel like as technology changes and streaming becomes more popular, everything will just adapt like it has in the past and things will continue, but like in a modified or adapted format. I think it's exciting. Of course, people like nostalgia and having things be the traditional way, but I feel like progress is exciting. Definitely. And speaking of streaming and reboots and everything, you know, 
there's a Gossip Girl reboot, the iCarly reboot. So do you think that, would you rather see these reboots come back or would you rather see, you know, new fresh shows come along the pipeline? Personally, I, I grew up with iCarly and shows like that. So when I saw that was coming back, I was super excited and I've binge watched it. I just feel like it depends on the personal preference of the viewer and what they like. I feel like because most of the original cast was brought back to the iCarly reboot that it was fun for me to watch. But had it not been that way, it may have been a little bit less exciting for me to watch, but I feel like it really just depends on what the audience wants. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, um, I've been listening to the Drama Queens podcast as well with One Tree Hill, and I see like so many headlines that are like all these little snippets of what they said in each episode. So I feel like there is that demand for people to be able to, you know, go back to their memories of these shows. But you're definitely right. That's the preference of the viewer. And, um, you know, there has been so many great shows like, um, just so, just so many that have come out lately that it's hard to keep up with so many on these different streaming networks. I'm so excited to start watching today the uh, show with Selena Gomez and uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. I also like her cooking show she has. She's been yes. doing a lot of stuff, so I'm excited to see it as well. That was such a good idea on her part to do that like during the pandemic and it felt like everyone was like in her home with her as she cooks and everything. And that's what I wanted to add on too about like the reboots. I feel like these coming out during the pandemic has provided a sense of like escape and comfort for me during these hard times. So I feel like other people can relate watching shows they grew up with. Yeah, definitely. I was going back to my comfort shows all throughout lockdown, like <laughs> One Tree Hill, Gossip Girl, Gilmore Girls and everything, which it's almost time for my Gilmore Girls uh, rewatch because fall's coming up. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so to kind of wrap up, this is a question that I asked all my guests, but it's who is your favorite girl boss? And you can have more than one because we've had guests in the past who have had more than one. I would say I really admire any girl who goes after their dreams. But if I had to pick just a few, I would say one of my previous internship supervisors, her name's Mona Loring. She has a company called MLCPR and she inspires me a lot. She builds her agency from the ground up. So I really look up to her as well as Diana Bassett. She's been a mentor to me over these past few months. So I'm really appreciative of both of those females. They sound like two awesome women. And that's why I love this question because I love to hear about these women who are making strides in the industry or just like in general, because that's the whole point of me doing this podcast to really uplift other women in the industry and have them tell their stories. So thank you for sharing those women. Of course, they're super exciting. I I'd recommend you check out their agencies. They're both wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jenna, so much for being on the show. And if you want to check out her interviews, check out Celebrity Hotspot on YouTube. Um, and can you share your Instagram handle as well? So you can find me on Instagram at Jenna underscore PR girl. I post a lot of fun stuff on there as well. You can just stay up to date with me on there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.